Confused by finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Norman. Hi, welcome to Finances And. We went to school so you don't have to. I'm Norma and I'm here with Kathy and we were just talking about how a friend of mine called me seven o'clock this morning to talk about 401ks and turns out Kathy got a similar call this weekend. So my daughter called me last weekend and asked me about what, how she should allocate within her 401k and what is vesting and what's a, you know the vesting schedule for her. So it sounds like we're just talking to the same people. Yeah, it was the craziest thing. Um, again, seven o'clock in the morning, but, um, but I had to sit there and I had had an hour and a half conversation with her on her commute to work about, you know, what a 401k is, how much she should contribute, her allocations. It kind of got into whole other topics, but that's kind of off topic. But anyway, I, I really just gave her, you know, an hour and a half quick lesson on, on what a retirement plan is. So, you know, got to thinking maybe we can, you know, do a quicker review here. So maybe we can, you know, talk to people about what it is and who can contribute and when you can contribute and all that fun stuff. So I have, I don't have a 401k because I teach and we have a 403b and really the difference between those two, the 401k and 403b refers to the tax code. So that's really, we're just talking about what the IRS calls these retirement plans. But the 403b is only available for education and certain nonprofits because, and the real reason is you cannot have any matching profits versus a 401k. They can actually match what you're putting in and a 403b can't because there is no profits to be able to use as matching. All right. So so basically a 401k then is everything outside of that. So that'd be like a corporation, a partnership, a LLC, proprietorship, and any other, um, you know, tax exempt entities. So I think, you know, that's really the main difference between that 401k and the 403b. You know, and a 401k also, or one of these retirement plans are really, they're tax deferred. So basically what's happening is it's coming out of your paycheck and you're not paying taxes on that amount. You pay taxes when you pull it out, you know, whenever that's going to be. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's basically a defined contribution plan, which, you know, think of the old pension plans where an employer used to, you know, put money aside for you. You don't really hear about that much anymore. And part of it is because it was so expensive for them, obviously. So these defined contribution plans have minimal expense to an employer, which, you know, as much as they're so focused on profits, obviously, anything that's a minimal expense is, is important. And that's what this basically is. You know, again, it's taking the place of pensions. And what they do is some of these companies are asking you to opt out as opposed to opt in. So they're kind of forcing you, so to speak, to contribute to the 401k and you have to electively choose not to contribute, which, you know, again, it's, it's kind of a forced savings, but you can opt out of that. So you kind of have to pay attention to your paycheck. I love that though. I love that because I love the idea that, you know, you can opt out if you would like to, but the reality is if somebody just puts me in something, then I know that it's already happening. I didn't have to even think about it. The other wonderful thing is when they look at your current age and when you're going to retire and they choose the plan for you. It doesn't mean you have to stay in that plan, but just knowing that I have a retirement plan. I'm in a plan that's appropriate for how long, how much time is going to be till I actually get to my retirement. I think all that's for the benefit. And again, if there's some reason you can't or shouldn't be in it, then you have the option to get out. But I think it's easier to be lazy the other way and never get in versus trying to get back out of it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, going towards that plan you were just talking about, I think what's important about that is that, you know, it's kind of a set it and forget it. 
you just kind of leave it in there. It's like you said, it's targeted for your age. The longer you have to retire, the more aggressive it's going to be, which basically means you're going to be more in stocks than you are in bonds. And again, it, it, it's a set it and forget it. it. You know, just leave it alone, let it grow. I mean, that's really what it's there for. You just want to let it grow. And 403B is the exact same way. You, they may or may not put you into an allocation into a bucket like that. But the fact is that you're going to get to, like you just said, set it and forget it. And, and someone is making money for you because you're always putting money into that account. Your, your money is growing, which means that the amount that they're investing for you is growing as well. Yep. All right. So now eligibility. When can, I, when can you contribute to this? I know for a 401k, you have to be over 21. You have to be at the company for over a year and have done a thousand hours within that year. Now that's worst case scenario. Those are the guidelines that companies have to go by, but they can certainly do better than that. They just can't do worse. So some companies are, you know, an incentive is they'll offer you the 401k right away or after six months or after, you know, a certain amount of time within that year. And that's totally fine. They just can't do worse than the guideline. Now, as far as vesting, vesting is basically when can you touch this money? When is this money available to you? Technically, you know, any money that you contribute, 100% of it is always yours. If your company matches that money is what they call vested. You know, you're not completely vested until they say so. And there's two different kind of types of, you know, two types of vesting. You have your graduated vesting, which basically means you have a certain percentage available to you, you know, every so often within two to six years. Again, this is the worst. Or you have what they call a three-year cliff, which means after the three years, it's 100% yours, whatever the employer has contributed. But again, this is worst case. They can do better. They just can't do worse. And so for vesting, we don't mean that it's yours. Now you can take it out. We mean it's yours. You can count on that money going towards you at retirement. So somewhere between the two to six years or at that three-year mark, that's when the money, when they said, if you've been putting in 10% and they're matching you at 10%, which by the way would be fabulous, but if that was the case, that 10% they're matching you at is not your money until that, that timeline happens that Norma was just describing, whether that's the two to six or the three years. So at that point, then when you can look at your account and see that money, you know that is yours. You can move it if you're leaving that job, you can, it's, but it's your money to take. Prior to that three years, it's still their money and you're only going to be taking the money you contributed. Yeah. So if you leave after a year, that money that they've put in there, it, it's not yours. Yep. Yep. So now, you know, this money we're talking about, you know, uh, how does it get there? Well, there's a couple of different ways it gets there. One of them is called an employee deferral. And this basically means you have an agreement with your employer to reduce your salary by a certain amount. And that money, whether it's a percentage or, or a dollar amount, that money goes into this account. It has to be put in there by the 15th after your deferred paid agreement. Again, this, this money is yours. Now, the other way you can contribute is just a regular employee contribution, which means you pick a percentage or you pick a dollar amount and that money goes in the account. You're allowed to also do a catch-up contribution, and we'll go over that in a second, but catch-up contribution if you're over 50, which basically means you're, you're able to put in a little more since you're closer to retirement. So those are the different ways that you can contribute. So these are, again, tax deferred, but they do take social security and Medicare, you know, out of this money, but not federal or state taxes. 
And so when you're talking about putting money in, what, what she's saying is that you can put into your account up to $19,500 annually. So every year you could put that much in. You cannot exceed that amount. That, that's 2020, right? Yes, yes. For That's starting that's going to 2020. Yeah, because I don't think it was that for 2019. It, I think it does change every year. Yep, and it was 19000 last year. It's nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, people should know that, you know, for you know, every year, this amount does change. So you want to check, you know, with your tax professional to make sure that you know, if you're trying to contribute the max, that you know what that max is because, it, you know, it might have gone up. Yep. And then the only caveat is that catch up that she was talking about. And that is if you're over 50 years old, besides the 19500 you can also put into another 6500 for a total of 26000 per year, which is a lot wow. to be putting in. That's a lot. Year. <laughs> But it is an option that's available to you. You know, that, that's the max you can do. And if you're 50 and able, because let's face it, if you're at 50 and you haven't been doing any savings, that's why you're crashing into these numbers and trying to get them as big as yeah. you can, because this is where your retirement's going to come from. So it sounds like you should, I mean, the sooner the better on this. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that in my own family, one of the things that we've talked about is as soon as you take your full-time job, whatever that is, that you never take your paycheck where you haven't already started allocating money towards it, whatever that amount is, but you start allocating because just like being dropped into an account for you, Mm -hmm. you're not going to miss what you don't get. So if you're already putting in money towards your retirement, whatever percent you can, that, but that money's gone, but that's okay because you're going to get it back in the end. But for now, put as much as you possibly can and just so you won't miss it in the beginning. So in that aspect, as far as how much people should contribute, so we've got this max of 19.5. We've got the catch up of 6,500. I really like the fact that, you know, you have them start right away. I probably should have started that with my kids and I didn't, (laughs) but they're not working full-time quite yet. They're only working part-time while they're in school. I know for me, you know, when I'm working with people, what I tell them is to start, start at a reasonable amount, reasonable for them, maybe two, 3%, um, and then just start incrementally raising it little by little, just until it starts to hurt is, is really where I go up to. But you, I mean, you definitely want to start the sooner the better. If you have the benefit of time, you definitely, you know, want to use that benefit. And the other thing is if, you know, we talked about employee matching, we didn't really get into that. An employee match is basically, you know, if you contribute a certain amount, your employer has decided that they're going to contribute a matching amount. So if you do 6%, they might do 100% up to three, which basically means at 6%, if you're, you know, if you're doing $1,000 and you're doing, you know, 6% of that, your employer has said that they're going to put in 100% to three, right? So I'm just going to do the quick math here. So we've got 1,000, we've got 6%, that's $60, right? So that means your employer is going to contribute $30. So for every $60 you put in, your employer is going to put in $30. That's free money. You do not want to pass up free money when it comes to your retirement. So at the very, very least, if you just contribute what they're going to match, you're already making you know, money that you haven't put in there. So you definitely want to take advantage of you know, whatever free money is given to you when it comes to your retirement. So using, if, we, if the perfect world, we could aim somewhere between 10 and 15% of your income to be put away. If using that example, if you're putting in 4% and your company matches 4%, you count that as 8% towards your retirement. If your company's going to match at only 4% and you put in 6%, they're still only going to match that 4 but now you are at cumulatively 
10%. And you want to try to aim, like Norma said, taking very baby steps if you need to, but aim for that 15% at the most. Otherwise, just go until you can, whatever that is, but using her guidelines of make sure you're at least doing whatever they're going to match because you want that free money. If you put in an amount and they match that amount, that's totally equal to it. It's your money within those years. So you want to try and get to that. Yep, absolutely. The only other thing I had, just as an example, was with the 403B, a difference is, is that there can be very big fees with it. So you just have to be careful what you're putting your money into and you want to double check with your provider what are the fees you're paying. And I just want to give a quick example. If all three of these examples, if I go for 35 years until I retire and I'm going to contribute $250 every single month and we can assume that I'm going to get 6% back on my return, on, on my what I'm putting in. If with those numbers, 35 years, 250 a month and 6% return, if I am charged 3% fees, I'm only going to get $185,391, which by the way is a lot of money. I'm not trying to say it's not. But if I can get to 1.74% fees, which is still not great, but a little bit better, I can end up with $241,537 after that same 35 years. Mm -hmm. But if I can get to 0.07 fees, which is really good, somewhere between there and 1%, I'm going to end up with $343,474. So that's almost double what I would have made if I had to pay 3% fees. I have some friends that were just showing me their IRA statements and we were looking at you know how they're allocating. And the honest truth is their IRA is charging them a lot in fees. So now they're going back to them and talking to them, see if they can be into a different account or what they can do to get their fees down. Because when you're putting your money in, you believe you're going to get all of your money back out, but they have to make their money as well. You just don't want to give them too much of your money, right? All right. So I'm not going to lie. That was a whole lot of math you just all threw right. out there. All right. <laughs> and I was trying to keep up. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to summarize that a little basic. And the basic is check your statement and see if you are getting charged fees. I can tell you that whatever plan we had my, at my company two years ago, we were not getting charged fees. I never saw a fee on my statement. It's and, on 401k, right? Yeah, it's on the 401k. And I just looked at my statement this morning while I was having the conversation with my friend. And I noticed that this quarter I got charged $44 in fees. I've never seen a fee you know, on there before this particular plan, before we went with this company. You know, it wasn't a whole lot, you know, when I looked at it really, you know, in respect to how much I contributed and how much I, I made in earnings, $44 isn't a whole lot, but I definitely want to see if there's something else I can move it to where I'm not getting charged fees. So I think that's the bottom line. If you're yep. seeing you're getting charged fees, just call your benefits department and find out, you know, what do I need to, what do I need to move it to to get charged less fees? And then just, you know, talk to your tax professional, talk to your financial advisor and find out, is it worth moving it? Because if you're not getting charged that much in fees, you're getting charged a low percentage, they might as well leave well enough alone. Honestly, I'm, you know, I'm going to look into it a little bit, but $44 when I, you know, put in, let's say 3000 is really not that bad, but I certainly don't want to be giving and giving away money that I don't need to be giving away. And that's the whole point, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's I think that's the, the bottom line. It's, it's doing the research on it and saying, what are my fees? Is that something I can live with? And if it's not, what else is it? What am I eligible for? Just like buying a car. Am I going to pay 7% interest on buying a car or 
two percent. Well, I want to go to the two percent car and and just doing the research to make sure it's it's with you know within what you feel like is a reasonable amount. Well, I just kind of you know I feel like you know we should tell people that uh, you guys need to know check with your HR. Find out what the rules are. Find out, you know, look at your pay stub. Find out, you know, if you are, you may have opted in. You didn't, I mean, you have maybe opted in for you and you didn't even realize it. And you may be contributing and you don't even know. Some of, you know, some people haven't logged into their retirement account. I know, you know, my ex-husband left company seven years ago and he never took the money out, his 401k money out. And it's been sitting there and it's been doing terribly. So I said, all right, we'll log in. And well, we figured out it was doing terribly because I said, log in and find out what's going on with that account. And he said, oh, I don't even have a log on. He's been gone for seven years, has not logged in in the past seven plus years. And we had a log in and I changed it actually to one of those target date ones. And I said, all right, here you go. It's, it'll, it'll be fine now. I mean, you don't want to move it. That's fine, but leave it there. But my point is you want, you know, you know, want to talk to your HR department and find out, you know, is, do you have, uh, are you having withdrawals already? And you don't even know it, you know, if so, how do you log into your account so you can see what's going on? If, you know, if you're not eligible yet, when are you going to become eligible? You know, this is some of these things. Well, again, there are guidelines are HR specific. And again, you know, you just you want to be contributing what you possibly can contribute and you want to start as soon as possible because the benefit, you know, that that people have or that, you know, you want to take advantage of is time. That, that's really the bottom line when it comes to retirement planning. You're so right. You want to do as much as you can for as long as you can. And those two things will set you up if you aim for both of those. Okay, well, this has been Finances And, and we want to remind you that we do not provide tax or legal services advice and that nothing in this podcast can be construed as that. Always consult a tax accounting or a legal professional for advice on your specific situation. And that's our quick dip into a 401k, 403b please let us know what you think. You can do that on Facebook at Finances And or on Twitter at Finances And, spelled out, or on our website at financesand.net. We love hearing from you, so please ask your questions. And remember, we went to school, so you don't have to. Mm-hmm.